Well, when I was younger, and maybe this, and actually I should have this now too, and probably many of you do, uh, but when I was younger, we had a mending pile. And I don't have one now because I'm not as good of a seamstress as I wish that I was. But had I uh, stretched a hem so far that it ripped, I would throw it into the mending pile. Had I fell on another knee and tore open yet another pair of jeans, into the mending pile they would go. If I bought something that didn't quite fit so well, into the mending pile for adjustments. And when I was in college, I would save up all of my mending items. And then when I went home, I had a whole collection of things that needed help. I tried doing it on my own, but I was never very good at it. At least, I never really wanted to wear the things that I fixed. They needed a more skilled hand, is what I learned. Well, these chapters in the penultimate section, penultimate just means the section before the last section. It's a good word to tuck in your back pocket. So these chapters in the penultimate section of Matthew's gospel are filled with the idea that something is wrong, that something is desperately wrong, and that the world needs mending. No, even more than that, as these chapters go on, we will find out it needs more than mending. It needs saving. And anyone who thinks that, that everything is going just great with the business as usual will have a very hard time making sense of this part of Matthew's gospel. Because as Jesus enters into Jerusalem and spends time, and what we will later learn, that this will be his last time with his disciples and friends, he wants to give them the message, in fact, that everything is not fine. The Roman occupation, not fine. The intensive turbulence among the leaders of Israel, not fine. The people knew that the priests and the Romans had formed coalitions so that they could divvy out power among that region of Palestine. Jesus knew that. He wasn't oblivious. Not fine. The movement of the zealots that wanted to take the whole thing into their own hands by armed forces. Not fine. The fragility of life for families in the ancient world, wondering if they'll be able to have enough water, if the crops will grow, if the village um, buildings that they had spent time putting together will withstand the next storm. Not fine. Even the reality that people are living their day-to-day -day life without the reflection and reverence or something that we've talked about in here before without the understanding of the weightiness, the gravitas, as the Apostle Paul would say, of their own life. Not fine. Jesus knows that there is something that is broken within the fabric of the very human being, human culture, and it extends throughout the whole globe. 
And when you are trying to get through to a people who are living life as if they had a million more days coming their way, you need very harsh and extreme language to break through the it's all fine veneer. You need apocalyptic language. And thanks be to God, we have this kind of language within our scriptures, and Jesus draws on this very kind of language as he speaks to his disciples during this time before the death that he knows is coming arrives, and he uses it to get their attention. And so he uses it with us today to get our attention. You see, this is a very good text for us today. The next lectionary cycle is going to take us into the Gospel of Matthew, but this is our text for today. We start Advent with these words that mean wake up. And we need these words of Jesus to really help us do the work of Advent. Because we need to prepare. And in order to prepare, we need to be aware of what is wrong of what needs mending. Because this is not life as usual. And it is not because of a political election, and it is not because of any cataclysm of world events. We must remember, at this time in particular, that every generation, talk to anybody in this room, we have centenarians who are worshiping with us today. That is the kind of intergenerational blessings that we are able to have in this church. They're sitting right there in the back row, and I'm so grateful that you are here. Madeline and Kay are centenarians who are here worshiping with us today, and I'm just going to pause to give you a round of applause. Because every generation, you can ask them after the service, has had their share of of items to confront and to wrestle with. So this is not life as usual, not because our items of this generation privilege others. No, this is not life as usual because Jesus wants to break through the veneer of the social construct and the social structure to say, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the day of the great surprise? Are you ready for the day of the great justice? And this is just another way, and perhaps we need to think about this term, great judgment, in another way, because judgment and justice, don't forget, these have the same root. They both mean to make things right again, to mend, to bring about shalom, to set it all the way that it is supposed to be. The great justice, the great judgment. Our mending pile in this century is great. It is too great for the likes of any human being alone. The remaking of Syria into the mending pile. The face of the Arctic into the mending pile. The remapping of Africa and Central and South America into the mending pile. 
The relationships between the peoples of North America and the tribes of this world into the mending pile. The darkness within my own heart into the mending pile. The reluctance of the human being to forgive into the mending pile. And the tendency that we all have to hide our own faults in addiction and denial into the mending pile. The great invitation of this text is not to live life as if everything is normal. The invitation of this text is to be able to look around and to be able to notice what needs to go into the mending pile. To not live life with rips and snags and half-pieced out pieces of clothing as if that is what God has designed us to do. But instead, to look at those things and to know that there is a need, a desire for deep repair. And the need is so deep that it cuts to the heart of all that we are and divides us field from field, mill from mill. And as Jesus reminds us in our text today that the great sin of Noah's time was not living as if everything was wrong, but instead living as everything was just fine. I have a wonderful Advent story for you today, and it's from our missionary, Catherine Smith Dirksen. So Catherine and Dan, as we all know, um, and for those of you that are joining us here today, Catherine and Dan are our missionaries that we have commissioned to go spend time as peacemakers in South Africa. They're Mennonites, and we support them as this congregation, and we are glad to do it. And Catherine has written a piece about the word, and some of you might have already have heard this, but for those that have haven't, I'm going to share it with us today because this is an Advent story. It's a story about living as if everything is not okay and being a sign to the world that things ought to be different. So these are Catherine's words. This year in South Africa, there have been widespread protests calling for free education at government universities, four schools in our Cape Town area. The movement grew in intensity and sometimes with violence, forcing the schools and the police to respond. Private security companies were employed to maintain control and to protect the campuses, but this kind of reaction is also inherently violent, and so students were being shot with rubber bullets and sprayed with tear gas, tear gas and shocked by stun grenades. Through the work of SADRA, that's the organization that she works with, we have been part of a peaceful response. Due to the untiring leadership and guidance, some agreements have been reached to stop the violence and to move forward towards positive resolutions. Additionally, we are part of a broad group of interchurch peacemakers serving as foot soldiers of the peace movement. Volunteers wearing bibs reading peace, justice, witness are dispersed to all the campuses to watch and record everything that they see. Who instigates violence, rights abuses, and what needs are on the ground? 
Reports are fed back to the mediators who are then able to intervene with the situations that are happening. This has been instrumental in reducing the levels of violence. We sometimes call ourselves missionaries for peace. As Mennonites, our faith is strongly shaped by Jesus' call to peacemaking. By being part of these significant actions for peace right now in South Africa, we are witnessing a more godly future, a vision of people moving together in harmony and peace. I am thankful to be living and working here right now, and I am thankful for your support. The world is so full of a need for more peace. And here on the back of this, and I have this email printed out for those of you that would want to take it on your way out, is a picture of Catherine with a little bib that she's wearing over her outfit that says exactly what she described, peace, justice, witness. And you could see in the back of what she is, um, in, the, in the, the background of this photo, you can see different security officers that are around her, some with the weapons that she described in the email. This is an Advent picture. Proclaiming indeed that not everything is right. This is not the way that God had imagined human life to be. I want to close with two special Advent words that you can have during this season to reflect on. The first is the word parousia. And if you've had any background in any different denominations, you might be familiar with that word. It is actually the Greek word for Advent. But when Jesus uses it, he talks about the time that he will be coming back, the coming of the Son of Man. It's another way that he talks about it. We see it here in our text that we read today in verses 37 and 39 when it alludes to the great coming of the Son of Man. And if you read those two, two verses, you'll notice that it's not the Advent hushed in quiet, snow-filled streets singing Silent Night that sometimes we think about when we think of the word Advent. But parousia is a huge part of our understanding of what Advent is. That we wait not just in remembrance of when Jesus did come, but we wait actively for when he will come again. Advent gives us the space to remember that there will be a putting right to the world. The other special Advent word that I want to share with you today is from verse 42. Stay awake. It's the only imperative word that we have in the text that we just read. Imperative means that it's a command. It means that when Jesus said that to his disciples, he said it with the intention of, you do this. And so when he says, stay awake, it's the one command that he gives them during this, te during this text to help them to know that there's something for them to do. What can they do? Stay awake, he says. Perhaps stay awake is another word that helps us to see that everything is not just business as usual. And it will take a watchful eye, it will take a stay awake perspective to make sense of that and to note that. It will take a careful awareness, staying awake to what shalom is, that gives us the perspective to be able to notice where shalom isn't. And we are invited to stay awake, to put our bibs on, 
so that when we go out into the world, we will be able to say, this is what God's intention is. Peace, justice, shalom. And then, into the mending pile. We notice the places that need healing and redemption, and we do our part to stay awake. But ultimately, we know that there are pieces that will need to go back into the mending pile. And the mending pile will grow so big and so great and so immovable that we will not dare be able to carry all of its weight. And into that, our Advent invitation is to wait and to celebrate and to hope for the one who can. And if we are serious about who he is, and if he is serious about who he is, then brothers and sisters, the good news is that the mending pile is for him. It's not for us. For our job is to tell the world, to bear witness with those great bibs, that there is a seamstress. And that no more about, no more shall they go about in tattered clothes and half-ripped open seams with shredded hems. But instead, they are invited to come to him the one who takes the mending pile on himself and returns us with a new creation. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we are invited during this season of Advent to bring all that we have to you, to bear witness, to stay awake, and also to recognize that the parousia belongs to you. And so let us be the ones who say he is coming, not all is right. But let us invite others into that space where they have permission to grieve and to lament and then to recognize that there is one who can heal. Lord, during this season of Advent, heal us and send us to heal others. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us stand.